It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Utah's source for exclusive access and insights behind the news. Here's the opinion page editor of the Deseret News, Boyd Matheson, on KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Welcome, everyone, to Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. It is great to be with you today. I am Boyd Matheson, and as always, we've got a lot of ground to cover in the fastest 60 minutes of radio as we Try to help you slow things down just a little bit, divide the rage from the reason, elevate the conversation, help you connect the dots and make the news make sense today. Uh, and there is a lot of it uh, going on uh, around the country and right here in the state of Utah. And we'll break uh, all of those things down as we go along. Of course, big news, uh, breaking news, uh, announcement from the governor in terms of the, all of those 16 years of age and older will be uh, eligible to receive the vaccine in the coming days. And again, Utah's ahead of schedule. Uh, so some good news to report there. We'll break that down and you can continue to follow that throughout the day here on KSL News Radio. Uh, and as always, we want you to help us elevate the conversation. You can do that uh, by texting in on the Utah Community Credit Union KSL text line at 57500. Again, 57500, Utah Community Credit Union KSL text line. Chime in today. Help us elevate the conversation. And we are going to continue our conversation about uh, fingerprints and whose fingerprints are on your life. Uh, Texas. We'll talk about that in our final segment coming up at 1150. Uh, but right now we want to turn to Deseret News opinion writer Samuel Benson, uh, one of the great young writers uh, in the state and across the country. Uh, and he wrote a uh, very compelling piece uh, talking about this idea of what happens when America becomes increasingly religious without religion, uh, that politics is really starting to dominate. Samuel joins us on the line. Uh, thanks for joining us today. Of course. My pleasure, as always. Uh, so let's let's dive in here. Uh, as you look at uh, where we are as a country, uh, politics seems to be coming the uh, <laughs> the dominant religion, uh, at least uh, is on social media for sure. But uh, give us your perspective in terms of what led you into this uh, and what are the real key takeaways for us? Sure. Yeah, the first thing that drew my attention to this subject was an essay in The Atlantic written by Shadi Hamid called America Without God. And he makes the argument that as America becomes increasingly secular, as they move away from organized religion, uh, many are trading their faith in a deity or in a god for faith in politics and faith in politicians. Um, as, as we look at the data coming out of this COVID-19 pandemic, churches have some good news and some bad news. The good news is that a lot of the active churchgoers, um, Christian churchgoers, aren't, are going to come back to the pews once the pandemic's over. Uh, most churches aren't going to see significant decline in their numbers. The bad news is that alongside this religious fervor is a new fervor in politics. While we've all been home um, during the pandemic and, and things got pretty heated over the summer with politics and the election and this and that, it seems so many people have traded their faith for for identity in, in a political party or a political ideology. And I think that's dangerous in the long run um, for America and for all of us as a society. 
Yeah, I think that's so uh, vital. You uh, you have a great line in there that we're we're, we're shifting from uh, pews to packs, <laughs> political action committees, uh, and so many are uh, again not connecting with neighbor in person, obviously because of the pandemic. Uh, but that had been a trend that had been emerging uh, over the last decade anyway. Uh, that we weren't as connected to our our neighbors, were were more uh, superficially connected to fe- to people on social media. How is that all playing into this idea of kind of cashing in our uh, our faith for our politics? Well, as humans, we naturally want to be part of communities, right? We want to be around people that think like us, that act like us, and kind of reaffirm our self identity. The problem with that is we can get caught into echo chambers on social media. Uh, part of the inspiration for this column that I wrote came from our governor, Spencer Cox. He said um, in a recent interview with Matt Lewis from the Daily Beast that I quote him here, Spencer Cox said, quote, we may not have any real friends and we may not know our neighbors, but at least we can hate the same people together on Facebook. And that's bringing people together in this new type of religion. So that's not healthy, obviously. Um, when we get so caught up in politics, and when it becomes a religion to us, per se, this religion without religion, as Shadi Hamid said, we get caught up in hate. And as long as we have the same enemies, that makes us friends, right? That, at least yeah. that's the logic that so many people are falling into. And I think that's not a healthy thing for us. Yeah, it is. It's the old, uh, the enemy of my enemy is my friend. And I, I think on social media in particular, that yeah. uh, that really rings true. Absolutely. And we, we talk about the political climate a lot, Boyd. You've written a lot about the polarization and the partisanship in our politics in this country. The issue is more than just we're on opposite sides, is that when politics becomes a religion to people, it's no longer just politics. It's that our enemies are no longer just enemies. They're, they're sinners. They're heretics, right? Um, uh, a recent example, uh, there was news that broke earlier this week that a family member of Elder Diderot Fuchtdorf donated to it to the Joe Biden campaign and the Democratic campaigns. And some of the uproar and shock about that just surprised me. Many people were were calling his family to repentance and saying things like that. And it, it struck me as as evidence of this, right, that when one exchanges their faith for their political views and marks themselves as, quote unquote, politically righteous, even the righteous appear to be heretical. Yeah. Um, and that's problematic. <laughs> I think we can all see the problem in that. Yeah, that's right. And and I think that's so true because uh, the more you start to create that kind of divide, that's where the contempt really starts to build uh, is as we see people uh, differently, that because they disagree with us, uh, they are not of value. Uh, so we can, you know, we can, <laughs> it's sort of the idea that if you and I disagree on something, uh, then I can have contempt for you. I can melt down your Twitter feed, blow up your Facebook page, and I can still sleep at night and go to church on Sunday and feel good about myself because you're the one uh, who who is now evil. And and that's not healthy for politics, but that's not healthy for religion either, boy. Mm, yeah. Um, a lot of a lot of congregations of all faiths still aren't meeting in person. Um, as we get vaccinated, as we come back this spring or this summer, we're going to be infused with people who have very different beliefs than us politically, right? And it seems over the last year, people have become a lot more outspoken when it comes to wearing masks or social distancing or vaccinations. And we're going to be around these people trying to build a community, a Zion, a community of Christ for Christians or other communities and other faiths. And it's going to be really hard if we can't over- overlook the politics that are dividing us. And so if we keep putting stock into politics as a form of faith, as our deity, where we give our donations and our time, it's going to be really difficult for all of us to come together as a community 
and trying to find solace in a, in a religious sense, worshiping together. Yeah. And I think that's so vital because we, you know, we look at the, the division that's out there. Uh, and so often what we uh, allow to divide us uh, are things that we used to just debate or even things we used to just discuss <laughs> in, in, in normal settings. And so there's been this natural escalation from discussion to, dis, uh, to debate to, to now it's, it's just this divisiveness uh, and, and none of that brings us together and we should all celebrate the differences and, and, uh, especially within our religious communities that, uh, it's okay. Uh, if someone is a libertarian or a, uh, left-leaning Democrat or a far left Democrat or a far right Republican, uh, there, there's space for everybody. Uh, and when we allow, as you said, Samuel, in your piece, uh, if we allow that to become the religion, uh, then we've really lost it all, haven't we? I agree. Um, I, I firmly believe that we're a nation of believers. Not all people believe in God. Not all people are theists. But we are a nation of people that believe in ideas. We believe in America. We believe in what America can mean to us and our children and our grandchildren. The problem is that when we start believing in political ideologies as eternal truths, as the end-all, be-all, we run into a lot of a lot of walls. But the beautiful thing is that we can all play a role in this. We can all turn from politics to view it as just that, politics, as a, as a source of making our country a better place, but not as our faith. Um, faith and politics have a role in, in supporting each other at times, but they're not, they're not the same. Yeah. Um, and I, I firmly believe we can get back to there, and it, but it'll take all of us. It'll take our efforts. That's right. Well, and I think as we come up to some uh, uh, important weeks, Passover week, uh, Holy Week, uh, Easter weekend, uh, there's a lot of opportunities for us to have real discussions, not about politics, uh, but about faith and diversity of faith and celebrate all of that. Uh, Samuel Benson, great writer, great piece on Deseret.com. We'll have that up on our Facebook page as well. Sam, thanks for joining us today. We'll go ahead and step aside for a quick commercial break. When we come back, uh, Savannah Hopkinson is going to join us. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, some of the challenges going on uh, in the Asian community and stop Asian hate uh, coming up next here. Important conversation on KSL News Radio. Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow the letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.